about the conversations in the barbershop you know i'm hesitating here because i got a note here from arthur arthur saying that uh, uh he was hanging out with uh mr logic <laughs> uh seems like they become okay. pretty good friends okay so so is arthur going to join us in the studio today i have no idea i hope not i am so tired of arthur tearing <laughs> up <Yeah>. our studio <laughs> Every time he comes in the studio, he's trying to take over. <sighs> but I, I did hear that he was talking to uh, uh, King Cap and Mr. Logic, and apparently they went on some some trip out to, I think it's, uh, is the State Fair going on? Uh, yes, it started this past weekend. Oh, I think he said something about the State Fair. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Arthur, okay, Arthur. <laughs> okay, Arthur, come on in, come on in, because I know you want to say something. Say what you want to say. We had a candid discussion with Double K so? this week. He is very pleased with the progress the show is making and again asked us for our recommendation on renewal. Oh, that's cool. We told him we would get back with him in a week or two. He reiterated that he loved the sections of the show where you both do a Q&A with audience members. So... Mr. Logic and I were at the State Fair and used it as an opportunity to ask everyday Hoosiers for questions and comments. Oh, oh, we can do that. We did that before in the show, right, Casey? Yeah, I think that's great, man. I love doing a Q&A with uh, fans of the show. Yeah, I And by, by picking uh, fans uh, at the State Fair, we might get more diverse, diversity in our questioning. Now, that's not a bad thought. And I do like the people going to the state fair. And in fact, I should go out there. And what is the perfect place to ask people uh, to give us a question? Okay, Arthur, we got like this. Go ahead. Here we go. Mr. Logic and I decided to go undercover and pose as you two, J-Rod and KC. We asked King Cap to make us a couple of t-shirts with your names and likenesses. Then we donned caps and hoodies to hide our identities. We were hoping to get the real flavor of barbershop talk. Oh, you're going to get the real flavor. If you're going to go out there looking like KC and J-Rod, he's definitely going to get the real flavor. Okay. Yeah, he, he's going to get attacked by the paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about all that, but he's going to be attacked, all right? <laughs> okay, well, so far, so good, Arthur. Tell us more about your little trip out to uh, the State Fair. And 
and if I'm not mistaken, didn't he he said he's he's gonna kind of take our identity and look like us? Is that what he said? Yeah, they uh try to pose as, as us too. So, you oh. know, they should have had a great time. All right, this gonna be different. Okay, Arthur, tell us more. He's, he's we started walking down the midway when two ladies, I use that term loosely, uh -oh. started yelling J-Rod, KC. Well, we forgot we were taking your identities before they caught up to us. Their names were Laquisha Martin and Riri Jones. Mm. And they were rotating and shaking their heads in directions we did not know the human anatomy allowed, speaking in a rhythmic cadence, <laughs> and calling us everything but a child of God. Uh -oh. We said, listen, you must have us mistaken with someone else. We are J-Rod and KC, the podcast stars. They said, we know who you are. They said, after you auditioned them for three hours, in your private velvet room, you promised to roll on one of King Cap's videos. Mr. Logic Thinking Fast said, Laquisha and Riri, we know you have unique skills, so we have been trying to find the perfect video for you. That seemed to calm them down. They asked if we wanted to conduct another video interview, since they got some new tattoos. We said no, the first video was enough. J-Rod and KC, we did not see any visible tattoos on these ladies, so you both must have really done a thorough initial interview. O-M-G. Okay, <laughs> I have no idea what he's... I don't Do you know remember Lane Quisha and Riri, man? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> what was the other name? Did he say Riri or whatever? Languisha and Riri. <laughs> I, I have no idea what he's talking about. They was in the velvet room. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, the velvet uh, room. When do we have a velvet? I, I don't know what they're talking about. And and uh, I think King Cap turned them down for that odd uh, for that video. Yeah, because I have. First of all, you know, I know for women, it. it it's, it's getting pretty. It's getting pretty wild here because it's it's getting bananas. I do not remember interviewing anybody, uh, especially with those names. Uh, maybe it was King Caps interviewing. I don't remember. I don't remember those. I don't remember those girls at all. Do you? No, I don't. I don't. Oh well. And anyway, do we have a yeah. do we have a velvet room in the studio? Uh, not anymore, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember having a velvet room in the studio at all. That is so crazy. All right, well, anyway, but at least we do have some fans. We do have some fans out there, so I guess that's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right, well, okay, tell us more about your adventure out there uh, because it's not ringing the bell so far. So go ahead, Arthur, tell us more and quit all your hesitation and just tell us. Oh, yeah, we can I guess that. we should have learned our lesson, because as we walked further, a sheriff deputy stopped us and said, you must be the famous J-Rod and KC. We confidently said, yes, would you like our autograph? He said, no, here is a subpoena from the Congressional January 6th Committee. Uh -uh. After the shock, we said, what the hell have J-Rod and KC been doing? We know they did not have a show on January 6th, but who knew? We immediately ran into the pig barn and changed clothes. No more impersonating J-Rod and KC. 
We never got a chance to ask the state fair attendees questions, but the moral of that story is never ever, never ever impersonate J-Rod or Casey. One last question where did you meet Laquisha and Riri? They were scary, and you still owe them a role on King Cap's video. What, 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 what is the question? First of all, we were there as investigative reporters. Yes. We were covering the news. Yes. That's what we were doing January 6th. I agree. I agree. I love it. That's exactly what we were with investigating reporters. And man, did he get out of hand on January 6th? It just got totally, totally out of hand. It did. Now, the only thing we can testify to is what we observe other people doing. That's right. That's right. You know, matter of fact, we should tell them because the committee's already telling all the bad stuff anyway. So we might as well tell some of the stuff that we see. You know, I think we ought to do that. Now, first, yes, and we did destroy our video, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was okay, gone. yeah, we'll tell them everything. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna start. Uh, what it was so bad, people was in the bathroom throwing up. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> it was pretty nasty. It was pretty nasty. Hey, you know, speaking of that, uh, let me ask you this, Casey. Do you think uh, Donald Trump is losing his grip on the uh, GOP? Uh, I I think it's starting to slip. Now, he's still the major influence uh, for the party, but uh, each passing week, you're starting to see more and more um, GOP leaders and officials begin to distance themselves kind of softly from him. You know, and it's not a hard break, but but they're starting to distance themselves from him softly. Yeah, I, I, I actually start thinking that the armor is cracking. You know, now I can see. Now, the first clue to me is when the January 6th committee first started, nobody really wanted to testify. And they was uh, some people was even fighting these subpoenas, but now it looked like they're just running to tell their story, just running to tell their story. I I think there's an alternative motive to that, is where they're trying to they're trying to clear their own name, saying, "Hey, I didn't have anything to do with it." Uh, but it seems like the title tales are telling on the title tellers. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically what's happening. Uh, you had the first couple of people to testify. And from their testimony, they named a few others. They implicated a few others. Mm -hmm. So those few others want to come in and tell their side, and then they implicated a few others. So it's, it's been that type of a spiraling situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think all the news is coming out is really allowing people to see the true events or the thinking that occur. You know, here, here's a couple of things that that took me off guard when I first talked about it, is that they actually had a list. Remember his son, uh, Jared Kushner? Uh, he was the, the the project lead of getting all the names of people want to be pardoned. And, and then the uh, uh, Trump would decide if he pardoned him or not. I mean, that's that was a telltale sign because you don't ask for a pardon unless you don't unless you think you've done something guilty or you broke the right. Law. Yeah, there were several. Uh people that were asking for pardons <laughs> um, like on January the 7th and January the 8th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, so I think that was the first thing that people start realizing, Hey, something's not on the up and up here. There's no reason for people to uh, bust out the, through the floodgates asking for pardons. 
But, you know, I also got another theory is that uh, might have turned people off is when the uh, January 6th committee started talking about when he was watching TV, he was watching all this, this violence, all this uh, attack on the Capitol, knowing that his people had weapons. Uh, I think that also had an impact. I think that the general public started realizing that Donald Trump was using these people as a pawn. I really do. Well, I think what really happened, uh, you know, initially they weren't expecting, uh, they were were only expecting Democrats to really kind of follow these hearings. But when the witnesses that were testifying were Republicans and, and more and more was coming through, it was getting the attention of Republicans and they started paying attention to the hearings also. So, uh, and you know, like with all the facts that were being presented were just presented by, um, Democrats or let's say independent people. I don't think a lot of this stuff would have registered, uh, with Republicans, but because there's several other Republicans and these are Republicans that was part of the inner circle uh, are testifying. Then a lot of Republicans are paying attention. Yeah. You know, some that's a very good point. You know, I, I think that's a very good point. Now, I want to say that the uh, uh, the political people, Republicans, are looking at it because they're trying to find out is somebody going to drop their name. Um, but also, I think it's adding credibility to the general public because it's actual the Republicans testifying against other Republicans. Right, because if it's just Democrats, they can say, oh, it's just partisan. Mm-hmm. But you can't say that if... Uh, if everybody testifying is Republican. So you can't say it's just partisan politics. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, something else that's very intriguing to me is that it's amazing how if a story come out and somebody trying to dispute their story or discredit a witness, there's more and more people coming forward collaborating the story. And it's amazing how quickly the Republicans start backtracking. Uh, like today, I seen a story where an actual guy um, was on detail. You know, when they, when they, uh, what they, what they call it, when the uh, the president get in his vehicle and they was taking him away, and they had the story about that he was arguing with the driver and he grabbed the steering wheel and he tried to choke the guy, and and at first they came out saying no, it didn't happen. Conflicting story, it's not true. Now a person who actually witnessed the event testify that it's actually is true so all this, right uh, yeah because uh apparently trump wanted them to take him directly to the uh uh to the capitol building when all that was going on and uh his advisors um uh, instructed that driver under no circumstances and they were in the vehicle as well and uh uh and so uh you know, the report, like you said, reports that leaked out that Trump was uh, actively upset and actually attacked the driver for not following his instructions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that guy said he been involved in hundreds and hundreds of events transporting presidents and never experienced anything like that. Well, I tell you what, Casey, I'm going to take a break here because I'm going to go ahead and recognize our sponsor. I think this is a fine place to take that break. Uh, So let's just go ahead and do that. And uh, to our listeners, we're going to take a break and recognize our sponsors. I 
It's a party out in my under his umbrella. However, the one that he is most proud of is his custom-made t-shirt. That's right. If you want any of his service or want to find out some information about what he can do for you, go ahead and email him at keencap317 at gmail.com. And we have to introduce our second sponsor. That is 421 Barbershop, where good things happen to your hair. Located here in Indianapolis on Michigan Road. If you want good things to happen to your hair, come in and check out our master barbers at 421 Barbershop. All right. Now, those that's our sponsor. Hey, you know something, Casey? I, do to remind, I want to remind our listeners. That we are going to host a major event here in Indianapolis, and that is on August the 20th, uh, 2022. It is the Murph, Flanagan, Jones, and Walls family reunion. That day is getting very, very close, and I'm getting more and more exciting. Excited. Yes, we're going to do a live remote podcast uh, from that reunion. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it should be a lot of fun. We have a lot of. We have a lot of games, we have a lot of uh, prizes, a lot of events, and a lot of good food. Because you know for a fact, the Murph family came from the South. They came from Mississippi. So you don't- I know I don't have to tell them this, but they need to come prepared to turn it up. Oh, (laughs) yeah, we're talking to the Murph family. They already turned up before they got there anyway. (laughs) But it's a great reminder. But I know for a fact, it's going to be good food. I mean, down South food. You know, saying that, Casey, what is your favorite dish, by the way? What's your favorite soul food dish? I'm switching gears. Mm. Uh, favorite soul food. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could be a combination because I got a combination. Yeah, because, yeah, it's, it's so many things. Out well, I tell you what. I, I'll and you I, and I'm, I'm a fan of Cajun and Creole, too. That's included. Oh, well, so, yeah, yeah. I love jambalaya. Mm, mm. Uh, I love red beans and rice. Oh wow, wow! Oh gumbo, mm, gumbo for days. Gee, fried chicken. Well, you know, fried chicken got to be in there. And that, 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 that's one thing that the the Murphs can really burn on. And I don't mean burn chicken; I mean <laughs> in a positive way, because <laughs> they can burn. Here's some things that I know they're gonna have, and it is fantastic. One, they, they have sweet potatoes. I just love sweet potatoes. They have plenty of that. And, you know, some people call them candy yams. I don't care what you call them. They're good to me. Now, also the macaroni and cheese. I mean, they got the cheesiest macaroni and cheese, and they got the uh, 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 cornbread. Mm-hmm. I had cornbread. And they uh, maybe uh, smothered pork chops, uh, chicken, fried chicken, baked chicken, grilled chicken, uh, rib tips. And, you know, they got this new thing I never heard of. Have you heard of uh, uh, turkey knuckles? Uh, yeah, I have, I, and I had some. But what? hey, Jay, right? Uh, are we going out to eat after this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, we almost have to now. <laughs> yeah, you can't be bringing up all these meals, man, and 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 leave me on an empty stomach. 
Oh, what? okay. My, my bad. My bad. Maybe I just better move on. I better move on. All right. Let me let me do one last mention about the uh, the Murph, Flanagan, Jones, Walls family reunion. They do have a fish fry as well. And their fish fries is uh, August the 19th. It's all the fish you can eat. Now, on our next podcast, I'm going to provide you a location uh, to make sure that you have that. And uh, just go ahead and show up and have a good time. Just have a good time. It's all about having uh, friends, family, fun, and love. All righty. That's how I do my fishing at the fish fry. What? That's how I do my fishing at the fish fry. That's how you do your fishing at the fish fry. Yeah. You're guaranteed to catch something there. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> okay, I get it. Again. Not only that you catch it, they fry it up for you, too. <laughs> oh, that is funny. That is funny. You know something? I got to get back on our serious topic here, you know, because I got to finish talking about the, uh, the Donald Trump. Do you honestly think he's going to run this year? I mean, in 2024? He's gonna be running from the law. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Him and his children's gonna be running from the law. Um, um, so you know, I so- think that um, I think that he will announce he's gonna run as a tactical move to uh, to try to evade uh, evade some of the legal situations that's pending against him. You know, yeah, I heard some of the media kind of talking about that or leaking that strategy. I just think that's a very poor strategy. And I just don't think that strategy is going to be successful. Um, I, I think it's just too much dirt uh, being exposed, coming out. Um, and if it wasn't for the January 6th committee, um, he may be able to get away with that because you know how he lies. And, you know, and unfortunately here in the United States, if you hear the same lie three times, you start to, you start to believe it or at least think about it. And in mm-hmm. his in his case, he tells it over thirty thousand times, thirty thousand times. Uh, yeah, I personally think that uh, his underling faced more legal uh, prosecution than he does, because I think they'll go after the underlings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they'll probably stay hands off with him. You know, some I, 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 the, ju- the jury's still out uh, on that with me. I know for a fact that his enablers, I think that they should go down. I think they will go down. Um, in regards to the big fish, and I call Donald Trump the big fish, uh, if it's keep going in the direction that it is going and more and more of the truth and the dirt get out, uh, it's going to be harder and harder for him to squeeze out. Um, but at this point, yeah, I have a tendency to agree with you, but it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And it's going to get to the point where uh, they're not going to have an alternative. I truly believe they're going to cut a deal with them. I got to I got to figure they're going to cut a deal. Of course, Nixon was in office and he can resign. I got a feeling they may cut a deal with uh, Trump. Something to the effect that. Um, he don't run for office. That's right. <laughs> he he don't run for office, and he has nothing to do with politics. Well, I don't know about the nothing to do with politics. I think, I think it'll be a situation where okay, he won't run for office, but what a hell of a deal, you know? You commit all these crimes, and you know that's your only penalty. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, uh, yeah, that it. Yes, you know, but in the, in the criminal system, you know, they're making uh, plea bargains uh, all the time. 
And as long as um, the people who enable him to do what he did, if they are punished, that may be a strong enough signal to prevent it from happening in the future. Because I know for a fact, I'm not going to jail for you or anyone else. So hopefully that message is getting clear out there. Wait and see. Wait and see. Hmm. All right. Any other big news out there, Casey? Um, yeah, I think I want to take this time to acknowledge uh, Bill Russell. If the standard for greatness is championships, no one stands taller than Bill Russell. Ooh. The man played 13 seasons and was an NBA champion 11 of those 13 seasons. And he also did it as a player coach. And he was the first African-American uh, coach in the NBA and the first African-American coach to win a championship. So uh, no one has match, has even come close to matching his excellence. And and I think if, if what we judge greatness by is championship, he's in a class by himself. And he just passed away uh, recently at the age of 88. Wow. Our circle is getting smaller and smaller. The people who we grew up in admiring are now passing away. That is amazing. Now, let's see if we can find something here about Bill Russell. aspect of his transcendent career stands out. He has more titles to his credit than any other player in NBA history. Russell is the greatest winner of all time, the most valuable player of all time, and no one can equal his record of 11 championships in 13 years. That was John Havlicek, which is one of his uh, uh, teammates. And isn't that a remarkable, remarkable record? Did he say 11 out of 13? Is that what he said? Yeah. Uh, he played 13 seasons, was a champion 11 of those seasons. That is amazing. Uh, you know, I got to hear just a little bit more of his uh, uh, childhood. I know our time is, is running, but I got to hear a little bit more about Bill Russell. Grew up in Monroe, Louisiana before his family moved west to Oakland, California. He was told early that when challenged, he should never back down. When we first moved into the projects, and these four kids ran by, and one of them slapped me as we drove by. But I went upstairs and told my mother, and we went all through the projects looking for those guys. And you're gonna fight every one of them one at a time. There was five of them. I lost three and one, two. And so I go home <laughs> crying, and she says, don't cry. You did what you had to do. As a teenager in Oakland, he would. Wow. Did you hear that, Casey? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't I don't think I want to. I don't think I'm fighting five people at one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he fought them all individually, but five fights in a row consecutive. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and like he said, he lost three and won two. Yeah. I, I, don't, uh, I don't care if I'm fighting them at some one time or I'm fighting one at a time. I'm not fighting five people. <laughs> I, I think I pass on that. <laughs> well, when your mom and daddy right there saying you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. <laughs> well, you know, well, especially when you talk about my mama. <laughs> mama you're gonna be fighting somebody, you better make sure it's one of them and not her. <laughs> you got that part right. <laughs> yeah, but what a lesson. What a lesson. All right, you know something, I would love to play more about uh, Bill Russell, but I do know that we are running out of time. 
but I think it's very honorable of you to bring him up because he is a great person and a great legend, uh, um, a great. Uh, oh, what yeah, and he's always been a, an, an activist uh, for um, human rights and civil rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we need more people like him. No, I got to say that the NBA players are, are are just not the same if you compare them with the character of a Bill Russell. Just not the same. Can you think of one? We got a few minutes here. We got about a minute here. Casey, can you think of one NBA player that can stand on the same mountain as Bill Russell? Um, I'm going to say Julius Irving. I'm talking about player today. Why, I'm talking about player today. Oh, today. Today. And today. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? I think the closest would be LeBron James because uh, he obviously, uh, you know, was the best player in his era. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, uh, here was a man that uh, has been on the national spotlight since he was 16. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't afraid to use that platform to speak up for um, social justice. Ooh, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Well, that being said, you know, I think I'm going to go ahead and close out. And I think that was an excellent, excellent choice. I want to thank you for listening to barbershop.talk podcast. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast. Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platform. Let's have peace in the streets. Be safe, be wise, and be loved. And we say, Go, mob. I'm bad, bitch. Money got on. Cash on me.